So, I guess we're here to introduce ourselves. If you just heard that door slam, my That's apologies. That's what us. happens. I am Christina. I'm Heidi. And you're listening to the two manic millennials. Manic. Very <laughs> manic. Just because we can't ever have a normal fucking moment. So, for today's episode, we're going to get deep into some real life stuff. Heidi and I both deal with mental health issues for different reasons. And right now, she is battling with... Oh, PTSD. And why are you battling with your PTSD right now? All shit hit the fan. (laughs) Oh, so, where to start? We could start from the very beginning of what, why I suffer from this PTSD. But it all starts with that stupid man and his stupid man penis. <laughs> and she's using the word man very lightly. Very lightly. And loosely. So this fuckface. Enters my life, promised me, well, promises me kind of the world that I was wanting. He saw the abuse that my ex-husband had put me through, all the cheating, everything. And he just decided this, he was just going to one-up his ass. So, um, he was Prince Charming for a few months, and then he turned into a monster. But slowly showed his monster self. Which ended with him trying to shove my head into a bathtub full of water where he had given my ba- my children a bath earlier that day because he was watching my kids while I was at work. And mind you, I never got to meet this gentleman face to face because he had one encounter with me on FaceTime and realized that I was not the type of friend that he wanted her around. So he never really tried to give us a chance to get to know each other or really be around each other. I was banned from talking to you, which was the hardest thing in the world. And that's when it really started to... When the sound guy sneaks in. <laughs> we can't we not can't treat you. It. It's not possible. Pretty much. You would have to make it so we couldn't see the door open. Okay, back to real shit. Okay. Water. Water. We're talking about water. Water. I'll be back. I'll get you guys some water. No, I don't know. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're We're literally talking about water. My head and water. All right, so. We're talking about water and um, me not liking the water, right? Yep. Yeah, you're not liking the water. And he knew I didn't like water. He knew. I had told him that. She makes it pretty clear. I don't look at my face. 
even in the shower. Nope, it's not getting in my face. I'm not going to stay in there if the water hit my face. So at what point did you start to like kind of see the warning signs? Was it after I had talked to him or was it before? It was way before when I was, I started getting letters from other um, inmates because my ex-husband, dipshit, was giving out my address to other inmates. And so they were writing me very explicit letters and um, he was getting mad at me for that already. And that was very early on. He had started talking. And what all did you have to end up doing to get the letters and things like that to stop? I had to contact the prison. I had to talk to internal affairs. We became first name basis. As soon as I called, they knew. And I'm like, hey, it's Heidi. And they knew exactly why I was calling who I was calling about, and wanted to know who else I was calling about at that point in time. Um, and that went on at one correctional center, and then he got, my ex got transferred to another one because of this, where he was now in a maximum security joint. And um, he had given out my address again to someone that was in there for aggravated kidnapping. And I have children. With him. His children. <laughs> How did he start? Was it just a verbal thing or? Yeah, like. We were always on the phone with each other. On my way to work, we would be on the phone. And then at break times, we would be on the phone. And then on the way home. We on the phone. Kind Why of like are you us? describing our relationship right this now? This is us. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. He was still accusing me of going out doing stuff. I was like, but I'm at work. He's like, I want to know you're at work. I'm like, you can hear the people around me. You know how long right. it takes, exactly how it takes me to get to work. And... You know, it was those kind of accusations, how it started. And then, like, it was summertime, and I was wearing shorts, because it's really freaking hot. Yeah, it is. Of course. And, let's face it, women's shorts aren't long. No, it's impossible to find long shorts. And I'm around my own house, and he has his little guy friends come over. Um, little... Little guy little that you guy. know. The one that's... Um, Paul? Yes. He was coming around with his friends. So he's... Hang okay, this this dude's 40. He's 40, and he's hanging out with 20-year-olds. 20, yes. 20-year-olds that, that are time, like he was my 20. nephew, honestly. So he's hanging out with them, having them come over, and I don't even know, whatever... And he's getting mad at me because I'm wearing these shorts in my house when he's bringing these guys over. And I'm like, I'm in my house. And he's like, well, you're just prancing around, blah, blah, blah. And he starts showing off, you know, to them. And it got, oh, it got so bad. I was, like, bawling in front of these friends at one point. It wasn't Paul anymore. 
he'd switched to another group. A different group of people. At that time, when he had really become a lot more abusive. And so at that point, it was just a lot of verbal crap. It was a lot of verbal stuff. And saying how um, nobody would ever want me because of who the girl's father is. Which is a crock of shit. It really is. Because I'm sorry. She might have picked a bad apple. Possibly seven. But. Not <laughs> <laughs> my fault the sperm got through when I was on the pill the first one. So. Second one was still in the fault. Then I get back on the pill yet. <laughs> and but, just stopped breastfeeding. <laughs> that doesn't change anything about who she is as a person. No. By any means. And trust me, she's a catch. <laughs> well, you are. Where were we? I don't even know. Um, uh, verbal. Verbal shit. Verbal shit, yeah, he did. And then uh, he'd always be, like, trying to look through my phone, which I didn't care because I had nothing to hide at all. I wasn't talking to anybody. Like, literally, I wasn't talking to anybody except for my parents and daycare lady. Yeah, because you were talking had, to me. I wasn't talking to you. I don't really have any other friends. Um, And so I was isolated. Completely. But, um, so he starts looking through my old emails. I don't know what he was trying to find, but then he starts asking, like, who's this email address? And so I'm, like, asking him the time frame. And he tells me the time frame, and it was, like, around the time I was talking to my ex-husband. Which was, like, what, three years prior to that? I'm like, well, you're really fucking looking for something. Yeah, if so you're then, trying to accuse me of talking to my ex-husband <laughs> like, three years before I knew what you. What are you texting this about? But I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at that for? Why does it matter? And then he's still scrolling. And he's pulling up from when I, like, opened my account when I was in college with Josh. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, my God. She turned 21 while dating Josh. We're in our 30s. Fuck. God, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's oh. how it started. <laughs> and then okay. he started, it was weird, like, when he was hanging around with Paul and them, he kept asking me if I wanted to fuck him. Paul? Paul. Because he's like, oh, you like young guys, because my ex-husband was young. So, I must like young guys. Oh, I come that young. I mean, I knew that kid when he was, he was a kid. I, I literally. Kid. I'm like, yeah, I can see he has a body. I can see it's an adult body, but I still see him as a kid. I met him when he was 12 years old. He <laughs> calls me his aunt. <laughs> I just spent two hours at coffee with his sister yesterday. <laughs> he is a child to us. Yes, but he kept asking me if I wanted to fuck him. He's like, I could arrange it. I won't be mad. You know, and to me, this is like, this is like a total test. Because I knew if I ever would have said yes would have fucking killed me or something like or he would have let it happen then kill both of us you know like, <laughs> like that's insane but like he kept trying to get me to confess that i wanted a fucking kid and then like he was just constantly like any man i'm like i'm not looking like that like i'm in a relationship i'm not looking at other dudes that's like i know it's a real relationship there ain't no other dudes i ain't looking i don't care <laughs> So, <laughs> they ended up charging him with the attempted murder for you. No. They dropped that. No, originally. Oh, yeah. They originally charged yeah. him with the attempted murder. They charged. 
And they drug out the case for a year and a half? Yes. Because this happened January last year. And it's July. Next year. 2019. <laughs> July 2019. This happened January 2018. Yes. The beginning of January 2018. Because it was that night we were going to watch the uh, NCAA uh, football championship game. We were making nachos. Put the kids to bed. He went out. He wanted to go grab beer at the liquor store. Everything was like in a good mood. Like the food was going. Like it was just like heating up at that point in time. He was just going to run to the liquor store, come back, and we were going to eat. All was cool. And then. Super cool. It just. And then he came back. But he came back like 40 minutes, 45 minutes later. And the liquor store's three blocks away. And I know he went straight there because I gave him my credit card, which I knew there was only, like, a $5 balance left on it. So I knew he couldn't go spend all my money if he, like, ran off with my car. He's not right. getting anywhere. Um, <laughs> not that dumb. I'm not that dumb. And I get a notification on my phone when my card's used. So it was, like, two minutes after he left... I got the notification on my phone that it was used for, like, a dollar eight at the liquor store. So, I'm like, okay, he just got a can. Whatever. And so, I'm, like, getting the girls ready for bed, putting them up to bed. I come back downstairs. I'm like, I don't know where he's at. Because I think he had left his phone upstairs charging or something. But he didn't have he it. he didn't have his phone. I had no way to contact him. I'm like, oh. So you've waited at home for just like 40 minutes. I was waiting. I'm like, whatever. Um, And the way he walked in the door, like, there was no beer in his hand. And And I know he had bought one, but there was no beer in his hand. So I know he drank it. And before he had left, he had taken a few shots of, I don't even remember what it was. It was some kind of brown liquor. Okay. So he had already had a few shots of that. And then... There was a different look in his eye. It just wasn't the same. It was not. Like, I had seen him drunk before. And it was not that look. And he had warned me if he had ever used Coke. That, um... He becomes very angry and very, pretty much abusive. Okay, so, speaking of a slap in the face. Okay, so it wasn't just the, um, the pushing my head into the bathtub. So when he first came home, after he was clearly drunk and on coke, because his eyes were dilated so crazy and they were gray. And he also had told me that if his eyes were gray, (laughs) it's not a good thing. Because his eyes changed color. He had those green eyes. That's He had that lighter skin with the green eyes. That's what drew you into him. And that's, he knew it. He's pretty. He was pretty. But he wasn't pretty because he's a fucking monster. Now I look back at him and I just want to burn his face and slap. Um, yeah, so, um, (laughs) so. So, 
we're standing in the kitchen. And so, of course, I asked him, hey, where'd you go? But I didn't do it, like, where were you, blah, 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 because I, I saw him. He was not walking straight. He was wobbly. So you didn't accuse I him. I didn't want to accuse him. Core. Game on. Game on. All right, so. Okay, so, yeah. So he, we're in the kitchen. Yes. And the look in his eye, and he's, he's standing in front of me, but he's swaying. That's how bad it was. He's swaying, and we're standing still. <laughs> and he was only gone for, like, 45 minutes. Yes. And we walked out the door. He was all right. Like, I didn't think it would be that bad for him to go around the corner. Right. And back. Literally three blocks. No, half a block. Seriously, you go out. Like, oh, shit, yeah. You go down the freaking yeah. alley. You're right, you're right. You go down alley. the alley. There. One alley. I forgot. Yeah, that close. <laughs> and the block is what like four houses yeah 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 they're not city blocks people it's not a mile <laughs> four four houses, houses okay. is a block and he started saying something about the the guy that's working at the liquor store it was an older guy he's probably in his 60s he has really white hair skinny too he's nice whatever but he rolled up there because it's a little drive up, and he was saying something about that girl he was in the liquor store with um, the other day, because he had gone out a couple weekends before maybe, and went in the liquor store with his little friends that you know were in their twenties, and there was a girl with them, and she was young, of course, right. And the guy commented on it. And he's like, and the way he commented on it. And he went in some rant about him, this man being sick because he was attracted to this girl or something. I don't know. It was the weirdest thing in the world to me. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know how to respond to this. Right. I'm just going to kind of go with it and hope we go somewhere else. And then he starts looking at me. And then he's like, and then there's you. And then he, like, snarled. (laughs) Like, literally, like, like, snarled. Like, he's not still snarling. Oh, my God. And, like, the fuck? He's like, I want to lift you up right now. So I'm standing in the kitchen with my back to the wall where there's the two windows. Right. He's like, I want to pick you up and throw you through that window and drag you back in here and kill you. He's like, I want to see your soul leave your body so I can laugh at it. So, these are the things that you had to, like, physically go through and still relive. Every day. Every day. For him to... I still to... live in that house. So, I, like... Yeah. And if I stand in that exact position, it's like, bam, it's right there again. Yeah. And it's an instant reminder. <laughs> instant. And, uh... So, he was saying that. And I'm like, man, I think this guy's fucking crazy. Like, and I don't even know what to do, but I'm crying. Right, because you're scared. I'm scared to death. And then he's like, oh, are you scared? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you don't have to be scared of me. And then, like, something clicks. And then he, like, goes to hug me. And I'm, like, frozen because I'm like, I don't know what this man's going to do. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do anything, blah, 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 and, like, consoling me and stuff. After he just told you he wanted to yes. throw you through a window. Yes. 
so fucking weird. And so I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, I need to go blow my nose. Because I'm going to stay here crying. Because I don't even know what else was happening before that. Because, oh. At this point, <laughs> you were in full out. panic mode. Hell, he, else he was accusing me of. But it was a lot of accusatory stuff. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember. Because I was a year and a half ago. You know, I blocked a lot of that shit out. But it's in the police report, I'm pretty sure. Um, which I should get a copy of. True. Yeah. I have that right. Um, so then I go into the bathroom. And I and it's the small, it's a tiny ass little ass bathroom. Where, like, literally, you, you have to stand little. outside of the way to cl- open and close the door. And, um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there on the toilet. The lid's down. I'm just, like, sitting on there so I can blow my nose and sit there because, you know, I've been crying. I want to sit down. And, you know, I look over at the tub, and there's still, like, half thing of bath water in there because it never got let out. And I'm sitting there, you know, like, blowing my nose. And then I hear him coming around the corner because I can hear Marley, the dog. We never talked about Marley yet. Oh, we haven't talked about my Marley. My oh. old baby. She's so old and cute. Uh, so I hear her claws on the, the wood or laminate floor, whatever. And then I hear him tell, he goes, Marley, you better not do anything or I'm going to kill you. Um. And at that point, my heart just like sunk. And I see him around the corner. And there's no way for me to get out. Right. You're trapped right I'm there. trapped because... There's no window. There's no window. It if goes I try, straight into a tiny hallway. Or I can go into the little bedroom where he's going to drag me out of. Yeah. There's nowhere to get out. <laughs> so I just continue sitting there. And then so he stands in front of me. And he's talking. And I'm looking at his fist. And he starts to crunch him up. And he keeps doing that with his fist. Where he's, he's crunching him in a fist. And you can see the veins going up and it's warm. Like, you just keep seeing them popping out. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like looking at him and he's like, these are monsters or something. He called them something. Like monsters or killers or something. And then he punched a hole in the wall right next to my head. Oh my god. And um, so of course I jump and scream. Right. And um, my phone was in my pocket and it had like those blue like sweatpants on where they like if I sit down they're gonna the phone's gonna fall out so it falls out on the floor so I lean over to pick it up I'm just gonna put it back in my pocket like literally I know I'm not gonna call 911 at this point in time like that's not the time at all (laughs) so I'm reaching to put it back in my pocket and he sees me and he's like give me that phone and then he throws it into the bathtub of water (laughs) That's still half full. Yeah, so there it goes to the bottom. And you have no house phone. There, we did have a house phone. Okay. We did have a house phone, but it was behind the TV, which is in the living room. Right. And so um, I try to get up, and I know I'm not going to be able to get up, so I start crawling. On the bathroom floor, and he gets me, he grabs my sweatshirt and pulls me up, and it ripped, because it was like that half-zip hoodie, and I felt it ripping. Yeah, it was your favorite hoodie. I know which hoodie it was. Oh, I love that hoodie. I know you did. White 
hoodie. Only white hoodie I had. I had that thing for years and it was still white. God. So he gets me up and then he pins me up against the wall. Still in the bathroom with his forearm up against my neck. So my instincts from like karate and stuff were to get my hands between my neck and his arm. Right. So I can continue to at least breathe. And luckily, oh, I didn't get to the bathtub. I skipped the bathtub. You skipped the bathtub. I skipped the bathtub. <coughs> After you punched the hole. The hole. The hole. The hole. After you punched the hole, hole in, in the, the wall. wall. <laughs> and the heck goes up. Oh, my heck. So he punched the hole in the wall. So he threw the phone in. I don't remember like the phone in my head exactly the time frame. Which order it was? But then I, I when I tried to get up is when he held on to around my shoulders on the hoodie and started pushing me towards the water on the bathtub. And I had grabbed the edge of the bathtub. I was trying to hold my head up. And the whole time I'm thinking, my girls are upstairs asleep. Like, I can't die because... My girls are upstairs. What is he going to do to them? Right. Like, that's the only thing going through my head. Like, I can't die because I don't know what he will do. He's a horrible monster. (laughs) Yes. So, he's continuing to try and push my head down and I'm just pushing back to try and keep my head out of that water and luckily he was so drunk and high that you know I was that's when I was able to crawl away from him and get down far enough because mind you he's five foot nine 200 pounds she's five foot four five uh, two. Oh, I'm sorry five two and at that point it was probably about 150. Yeah, five foot two, 150 pounds. Maybe 145. Yeah, because I gained once I started taking the pills, shit. Anxiety medicine. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so still much smaller. <laughs> Very smaller. You're really only five foot two? Yeah, I'm only five two. God, I always give you two inches. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so that's when I was able to crawl out and then got me up and pinned me against the wall. So then I'm, you know, pushing out against his arm to try and keep him from strangling me because, you know, I had already been choked enough by my ex-husband while I was pregnant to the point where I had blacked out with our seven-month-old in the back seat. No, she was, yeah, she was seven months old and I was four months pregnant and he choked me to the point of blacking out. In front of the Dollar General. Yeah, I know. I heard yeah, all about it. That was bad. Remember? I yeah, texted you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reach out when I absolutely yeah. need to. But she keeps me out of it because I'll show up with a baseball bat. Yep. <laughs> Our personalities yeah. are a little different. But then I was able to... Uh, yeah, so when he's doing that, I'm like, I'm not getting choked again. <laughs> right. And... um. I was able to wiggle down enough to get his arm off of my neck and above my head. And I was able to get out of the room. And then that's when he told me to sit on the couch. 
And that's when you... And so I sat on the couch, and I sat on the one end of the couch. He's like, no, over there. And this couch is like, it's two cushions, like seriously. So I go over to the other cushion, and then he stands right in front of me. And I don't remember if he said something. I don't really remember what happened. I just remember looking up and seeing his hand go across my face. And I saw his fingers, like, right across my eyes. Right. That's all I remember. And then, and then, and then I saw blood just splatter everywhere. And, um, and then I leaned forward, and then the blood was gushing out of me. Definitely. He stopped. He stopped then, and still to this day, she has to deal with that blood stain on her carpet. Because, yeah. So there's the blood stains on the carpet, and there was blood on my face. The Marley had blood on her face. I don't know where she was standing at all this time, but I am so glad that she was far enough away and didn't do anything because he really would have probably killed Marley right in front of me. <laughs> That's true, and I don't know how that would have really ended and, up. Yeah, somehow on the other side of the room was my exercise ball, and there was blood lay over there, like opposite side of the room. Um, but it, he said he was going to get something from my nose. Which I thought was really fucking weird. Like, okay, you just slap the shit out of me. And uh, now you're trying to be nice. Now you're being nice again. It was weird. And so I got something from my nose because there was a little bit of tissue that followed me out, I think, to the bathroom when I was getting out of there. Right. And so I reached for that. And so he's like, let me get you something. And then. Went and grabbed my phone out of the tub and said, how do we fix it? And, like, it needs to go in rice. And he's like, you need to go wash your face. So I go back in the bathroom because I'm scared. I don't know. I'm just going to follow his instructions at this right. point in time. At this point, you're just in a survival mode because you really do not know what's coming next. He's flipping back and forth between these two different, like, characters. Yeah. And you don't know what to do. So you're just going to, I'm going to follow along because if I fight back and make this man mad, it's the end. So I'm in the bathroom washing my face and then I see him come around the corner and I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? And I don't, I don't even know what to do. He's, and then the house phone rings <laughs> at that point And he's like, who's calling? And, and then he looks. And it's his cousin from Ohio because it has a little caller ID or whatever. And it has the, the last name, which is the Muslim last name. And it's pretty obvious when the name pops up that that's his cousin. Right. Um, and so he starts talking to her. Like, none of that had just happened. Like, everything was perfectly fine. Yeah. And she could tell he was drunk. That's and he goes out. up to the end of the steps because he's about to go upstairs. And he had just had my phone on the counter. He didn't had no idea. He's like, I didn't know how to cook the rice. Oh my god, I didn't know how to cook the rice. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so I put my phone in the rice <laughs> in a bucket, you know. <laughs> so stupid. Stupid. But he's standing at the end of the steps before he goes up, and his pants just fall down. So he just steps out of his pants and goes upstairs. And I can hear him walk all the way up the stairs. And then he, like, you can hear him, like, thud on the bed. 
and he can hear him talking to his cousin because he's got a louder voice and the house is, you can hear him saying in the house. True. That is true. And so I'm downstairs and I hear them still talking and everything. So I got my phone and the rice and I'm sitting there staring at it and staring at it going, how long do I have to wait? Right. Before this is going to be able to turn on. Mm-hmm. So I keep checking it, keep checking it, putting it back in and then it finally turns back on. And I'm like, yes. But, of course, I can't do anything because it's not recognizing my thumbprint. I can't really do anything with the screen yet because it's still pretty wet. Because I hadn't taken it apart. I right. I threw everything in there to, like, oh, my God, I got to get this phone. And I was able to call out to 911. I couldn't hear anything. But you were at least able I to was, get the I call out. I tried to call out. But I couldn't hear anything. So I don't know if they picked up. I don't know what anything. So I put it back in the rice. And I tried to delete to show... I I was able to get on there enough to be able to delete to show that I did not call. Right. So in case he looked at my phone... He wouldn't see that He wouldn't see that I had tried calling. But then, um, later I could see that I had missed calls from the local number. Yeah. it was them trying to call me back. Because it was a 911 hang-up. Right. (laughs) And nobody answered. Now, why don't they send somebody out sometimes for that? You would think that they would send somebody out because it's what, by this time, what time of night do you think it was? 9, 30, 10 maybe. Okay, so about 10 o'clock at night. Maybe. Two cops should have still been on duty by then. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't late, I think. So, you would think that they would send somebody out to check. Yeah, because they, someone called and nothing and then you call back and nobody picks up the phone you're gonna think maybe something and mind you i don't know if a lot of you people realize but it's illegal to call 911 for something that's not an emergency (laughs) so they should be following up because it is something you can get in trouble for yeah it's a small town it's like whatever (laughs) it wasn't snowy it wasn't icy out there was it was fine. Weather. It was it was fine. We had a very mild winter until like February. Bad. Yeah. So <sighs> after he was on the phone with his cousin, did he end up passing out or? No, he had gotten off the phone and then he had called for me, and I heard his his voice like the tone of his voice wasn't angry, and I go upstairs and I check on the girls and I think Izzy had popped up looked at me and I looked at her and I'm like girl you cannot make it sound tonight I'm like, right. you have to lay back down I don't care if you go back to sleep or not but you need to lay down and not make any noise tonight and mind you her daughter that popped up is autistic and at that point in time she was like two and a Wait, my math is We might not be able to hear you. I'm thinking. We don't need to hear this. Oh, so she, okay. So, yeah. And so her mind at that time was maybe, maybe of a two-year-old. I don't think she was even at the two-year-old level yet. So, but yeah. <laughs> like, you know, tell him to lay down, you know. I'm trying to be as calm as possible. And I shut the door to their room. And then I go down the hallway where he's laying down. 
and he tells me to sit down next to him, and he's telling me he loves me, and he won't do anything, like, you know, the normal bullshit that I won't hurt you after they hurt you. Right. And I'm, like, looking, I'm like, do you think my nose is broken? Right. Because he had been a boxer before he had doing boxing passes out. And so I'm sitting there on the bed, not moving, not knowing what to do. I see the house phone next to him. I'm not going to reach over and grab it. No. Because I want to wake him up and he's going to see that and bam, dead. Um, so I'm just sitting there like waiting for him to make sure that he's passed the fuck out. Like I did little like bed tests like where I would like kind of get moved like a little bit off the bed. Like kind of scoot off. To see if it would wake him up. Like, I get up and down and kind of make a little bit of noise around the room. Kind of just gauge. Right, to see what, what the fuck, if he was going to wake up. He was. And then at some point in time, you know, he had gotten up in the middle of the night, you know, and peed at the door frame. And I had to stand behind him. I remember telling him, like, I'm right behind you. I'm just holding you just to make sure you don't fall. That's right. That's why I'm here behind you because. He was so fucking out of it. I'm like, I'm going to help you back to the bed. You know, I covered him up. I did all that nurturing bullshit. And then I just, I don't remember if I sat back down next to him or what I did, but I just waited and waited. And then I finally knew he was out, got the phone, and went downstairs. (laughs) And then that's when you finally called the cops. That's when I called the cops. And I was so afraid because I didn't want Marley to bark. Right. And so I had to figure out a way to get Marley outside. And I had to figure out a way to make it not make a noise because we had the security system. So when I opened the door, it chirped. Right. So I had to figure out how to make it not chirp. Right. And I didn't have access to my phone. So you couldn't turn With it the off. the system and everything. And I didn't know how it really would work the panel. I just had to figure out how to turn the volume of it down because I couldn't have, figure out how to silence the fucking thing. So I was able to get Marley outside. And um, so that way when the cops pulled up, at least it's a dog barking outside and not inside the house. Right. But, you know, I turned off the heat so that way if it kicked on, I'd still be able to hear, you know, I wouldn't be able to hear anything as loud as that heater is. Yeah, because it is loud. It's so loud. So I turned it off, and I called them, and, like, I think it was the sheriff, like, the county sheriff was on the phone with me, and he's trying to keep me calm. He's like, I'm calling everybody. I'm trying to get whoever, blah, 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 or whoever. Like, he was, they were trying to find anyone to get to my house because they heard panic in my voice. I'm like, I don't want them to wake up. Right. <laughs> You were terrified. I'm so afraid if he wakes up and you guys aren't here, he sees me on the phone. Yeah, you don't know what he's going to do. Y'all ain't getting here anymore. (laughs) No, because he's already threatened to kill you. He's already tried to kill you. He's already broken your phone. Like, at this point, there's nothing for you to do except for panic if he catches you. Because I, you know, when I'm sitting on that bed waiting for him to pass out, I'm like, do I call? Do I just leave? I'm like, because if I leave, I got to get the 
girls, and I got to get them up. And if they cry or anything because I'm getting them up, it's going to wake him up. Exactly. And I'm like, I got to figure out how to get us all out of the house safely without waking him up. And I'm like, and then I got the dog, and I got Marley, or the cats. (laughs) And that puts you in a really bad situation because I have never been in an abusive relationship, but I grew up in a situation where my aunt was in a really bad abusive relationship. And the only way she could get out is they orchestrated it for my mother to show up in the middle of the night while her husband was at work and they literally packed everything they could and left. So it's not as easy to get out by yourself as people would think. Especially when you can't contact anybody because I don't know people's phone number. This relationship just blowing up in your face. How do you feel like the cops handled it that night when you had to call them after he had attacked you? And um, once I had called 911 and I told them everything, I I was fearful for my life and I know who I was talking to knew that. But there were no cops in the area. And they were trying to find somebody. <laughs> and I would like to state that we're from a small county. And we're from a town that has like 5,000 people in it. Less so than. <laughs> What? Less than 5,000. Less than 5,000 people. Yeah. True. That's less than 5,000. So for there not <laughs> to be any cops in the area... They could be anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Yes, because there's only one cop in the town that works night shift, and he was somewhere else on a call, and they didn't know when he would be off, and then I had to wait for the county cop to show up. Because once the county cop showed up, it was, you know, I felt, you know, a little safe and was able to get off the phone. But that was, it took probably 15 to 20 minutes. Before they even got to Before your house. they got to my house. And this is a, like 2 o'clock in the morning. And this incident happened probably about 9 or o'clock or so at night. So you had to deal with this for five hours? Yep. Because I woke up in the morning from a text message from her. And she had messaged me at like 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. It was after the cops left. Yeah, it was after the cops left. And it just said, he tried to kill me. I've got the girls and everybody safe. Or something to that yeah, notion. I know. And I said something about <laughs> True. <sighs> so. Let's. Oh, how, how the cops... Yeah, how the cops reacted and everything when they so got there. So once the, the county guy got... Are we saying the name? Fuck it. That's up to you. The the, the town cop. There you go, the town cop. Bullshit. No. <laughs> he was a very nice cop. Um, He showed up as well, and um, they had talked about how he had been very aggressive when he was in prison before, so they were going to make sure they were both up there and were prepared, you know, possibly for a fight. But that man was so intoxicated that he didn't know how much of a fight it would be. What charges did they end up bringing against him? They charged him with attempted murder. And then 
They charged him with aggravated domestic battery and another charge of aggravated domestic battery battery with strangulation. And what did you find out um, after this happened from his ex who reached out to contact you? So his ex, which he has a child with, she made sure that I didn't, you know, break the order of protection because she knew he was trying to call me, which he tried several times. And I had to call the jail several times to tell them that he was still trying to call me, even though he was not supposed to contact me. And so then I had to block my number. So now I have to remember to unblock it in case a friend or somebody else ever gets put in there. They can actually contact me. I still haven't done that. Fuck. Don't get arrested yet, dude. <laughs> Thanks. I need to know that. I'll call my dad. Because you know I'll call you first. Yeah. <laughs> Let me unblock that. That's just in that county, I think. And I can't. That would be a county I would get arrested in, though. Think about it. it. Would be. I would be. That would be the county I would go to. But your first call is going to be from the actual jail. Like your free call is going to be from a local number. It's not going to be from that huh. securest bullshit. Okay. Yep. Back anyway, to the receipts. <laughs> so she contacted me and I, you know, wanted to know what had really happened in his past with his past abuses, because I know he was being charged before. Um, but his story that he had told me was very um, persuasive. And my dumbass didn't really Google his ass, which I should have, clearly, um, to find out what had happened. And so uh, his first charge here in Illinois, because he lived in Ohio before and was very abusive over there as well, that his uh, ex told me, of course. Um, and she had told me that one of his exes reached out to her when she had started dating him over in Ohio, um, how abusive he was. And she didn't listen because she just thought it was her hating because she was with him now. Which is something that, sadly, some of us women do and we don't see it as a red flag and we need to step back and think (laughs) anyways so uh back in 04 he got charged with attempted murder um for the following story that um his ex had texted me because at the time they were together and this is what she says she was four months pregnant at this time with their child, and he was a dope dealer. (coughs) He was gone for a while, and when he got back home, he went right to the bathroom and brushed his teeth. Big red flag, that's how she knew he had been drinking. So she lied, told him that she was going to go get a few groceries with her mom. So she left. A few hours later, the neighbor called her, freaking out, saying that he was killing a girl in their home. She was one of his clients. Guess she came over to get some dope, stole a bunch when he wasn't looking, and came back hours later for more. When she came back, he lost it. He beat her so bad she was unrecognizable. He grabbed the counter and jumped up and down and stomped on her head. Then left her bleeding 
all over their floor until the next morning when another woman came by to buy some dope. <clears throat> but by then he had sobered up and talked this woman into driving him and this half-dead girl to the hospital. <sighs> when they got to the hospital, he carried the girl in and said he found her like that in a park on camera. The poor girl had nine brain surgeries, never fully recovered, but lived. The neighbors, the neighbors and her had to testify against him in front of a grand jury. He only got eight years, served 85% of his time, got out. Three months later, he beat up his next girlfriend. So I will get into that story. He only got five years for that. He served 85% of that time, got a new girlfriend, which was me, six months later, now he's back in again. Yep. So he is a repeat <laughs> offender in Illinois. Mm -hmm. This is his third time doing this. And he has charges in Ohio. So is this on the second girlfriend? Yes. So this next girlfriend here. So he did this attempt murder charge. Did 85% of eight years for pretty much almost killing this poor girl. Who cares that she did coke? That was, you know, and she didn't deserve to be nearly killed for that. No, no. Her <laughs> issues and her habits... Did it's not. <laughs> it is an addiction, and it's an it's a disease, and that did not give anybody the right to land her in a situation that she had to have nine brain surgeries. He yes. stomped on her head. Stomped. That's insane. <laughs> so then he gets out. What'd she say? Three months later. Yeah. And is with this girlfriend, which he had told me they were living together. Um, and this is the, the article from this county, uh, saying he was sent to prison for severely beating his girlfriend, an incident that took place less than three months after his release from parole for attempted murder. <sighs> blah, 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 his address, who gives crap, and let's see, he agreed to a sentence of five years. In the Department of Corrections, in exchange for a guilty plea to aggravated domestic battery with great bodily harm. And the judge accepted the plea. And it was only a class 2 felony. So, there's two above that. Class 1 and class X. His attempted murder was a class X, so at least they got that right. <laughs> Did they charge him with attempted murder in this case? Not... This case, the okay. old case, this one, well, I can go into what you got charged with. I'll read this first. Okay. So I'll get distracted. So, in March of 2013, at um, their residence that they shared, they began to argue. The victim, which is the girl, she attempted to leave, hoping that he would calm down, but he blocked her exit. He then punched her knocking her to the floor, and continued to punch and kick her about the face and body. He then picked up a hammer and threatened to kill the victim with it. Uh, the victim then was able to escape and went to a business below the apartment. 
they lived in an apartment that was above a bar. So she went into the bar. Um, and a patron saw that her swollen, bloodied face and called the 911 and was taken to the hospital. Um, let's see. He had to serve at least 85% of the sentence. And uh, this is what the state's attorney said. This defendant is a textbook abuser who targets women. The collateral costs of domestic abuse are great, from the physical and psychological harm to victims, to its effect on family and friends, and the financial impact on employers. Ending domestic violence starts by removing serial abusers from the community. So he got five years and only had to serve 85% of that time. Gets out in six months. Does what he does to me. Get distracted often. Yep. We're distracted <laughs> again. Okay. So. How I found out? Yeah. He okay. wanted a jury trial yes. in our small last county. So they kept dragging it out. Originally it was supposed to be April last year. And then they put it back to July. To the next jury trial. And then. And then nothing. And then nothing, 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 nothing. I heard nothing. And then they scheduled it. For April this year. I heard nothing for a year. And. um, And then they. They postponed that. This one, because the April one, because his public defender was on vacation. <sighs> so then they put it to July of this year, so this month. And a couple of weeks before, uh, I still hadn't heard anything from the state's attorney. And I know they wanted me to testify. And he said, you know, you, to come meet with him and all that. So um, I never heard anything and haven't gotten subpoenaed. Like, I need to know for work. Do I need to be letting them know I'm going to be gone or what's going on? So I'm calling the state attorney's office and she's like, well, I don't know. Because on here it says jury trial, but then it says later this month a status hearing. She's like, so they wouldn't have a status hearing after jury trial. So I'm going to guess that they're just going to put it off till the next jury trial and find out what happens at the end of this month with the status hearing. <laughs> So, nobody knowing once again what's really going on, what happened at work the other day? So, the status hearing thing was scheduled for this past Thursday. And on Friday afternoon, I'm sitting at my desk at work. It's probably about 1.30 or so. And, um, I get an email from my boss. A little box pops up on my monitor. And it says, can you come here, please? I'm like, damn it. What now? So I open it up to see if it's just for me. <laughs> or if it's for our whole team. And it's just my name. I'm like, ah. <laughs> damn it. So I grab my phone. Because <laughs> I don't know how long I'm going to be in this place. And just in case daycare needs to contact me, I need to have my phone on me. <laughs> Because I can be stuck in my boss's office for a good hour. And I was in there for about 45 minutes that day. <laughs> but 
but here I am in Vasa's office. I come up to her door, and she's looking down at her phone. And so I, like, knock on her door, and she says, hey. And I'm like, uh, do you want me? And she's like, yeah, come on in. And I thought it was really weird. And I'm like, uh, okay. I was like, I, th I thought I got that email from you. Because it was just weird. Like, she didn't really look up at me. She's still looking at her phone. And just kind of hadn't acknowledged you walking in like, the room. She, like, you know, looked up at me and said my name and stuff. But it was still, like, this is weird. She put off a really <laughs> odd vibe. It was a weird vibe. And she's like, what do you think of this? And shows me her phone. And the first thing that it shows is his face. And it's the, quote, mugshot. Because <laughs> if you see the picture, it's not a fucking mugshot. It's him sitting in a room. It should be on you. It's not a wall picture. But anyway, it's the mugshot of him. Um, and then the headline saying he pled guilty for, and gets 10 years for, or local man gets 10 years for choking and beating girlfriend. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I sit down, I grab her phone, and I'm reading this article that's in the our local paper that they posted on Facebook. So you found out that he was offered and accepted a plea deal yes. from your boss off that of a Facebook article. That one of my coworkers has shown her. That a coworker showed her. So the state's attorney's office did not keep you in the loop about anything that was going on. Nothing. Like the victim. Me. Who? Like, you don't matter. <laughs> like, oh, this was your life that was on the line that uh, he tried to take? Oh, we're not going to let you know anything about it. it. Unfortunately, our court system is so messed up that. They drop charges. They drop charges. Like, oh, we're well, going to charge you with all these things that you did, but we don't want to go to trial and spend all this money, so we're going to offer you these plea deals instead, which are bullshit, because it's like it's, like the victim, victims don't matter in no. the court system. It's just, let's get this case off our face. But, like, somebody that gets, like, cocaine charges, like, what, your cousin? Like, how long did he spend... My cousin spent years in prison for drug charges. Way more years than this man did for violent crimes against women. My cousin had non-violent drug charges. He spent more years in and prison. And spent years in prison. And he's younger. Yes. <laughs> and he's younger. It's ridiculous, and it's like the victims don't matter. So the court systems really need to change how they're looking at these things, and they need to abdicate for the victims like they're supposed to. Right. Not try to get them off the docket because the county can't afford it. And we live in Illinois, and Illinois is legalizing marijuana, and there are towns in this county that want to be dry. So you don't have the money to properly prosecute people who are known offenders who other counties have said he is going to be a repeat we need to get him off the streets he yeah. is an offender in other states yeah but we're gonna just slap him on the wrist and we're just get him off our streets yes because then he's gonna move somewhere else 
and it'll, it'll be, be somebody else's problem because you know what he's probably gonna kill the next one the next girl i'm the way it's going we're reaching out to you now like we gotta find a way to get this system to fixed. fixed like we have to work on changing the way things are done we need to work on the way the victims are treated afterwards because she, as the victim, got no help from the county. She had to take off work. She had to pay all of her counseling out of pocket. Mm-hmm. It's oh, ridiculous. I can, I can submit all this paperwork to the victim's fund, but then yeah. I got to do all the, all the paperwork and then wait for them to say, oh, maybe. Maybe. Oh, maybe he only got the aggravated battery, so and then he waited this long because I was waiting for the court trial to be over. Because uh, the paperwork is asking about court. Was he charged with what? You know, what did he get convicted with? So they drug it out for a year and a half for her to more than likely be told, "Well, no, you're not going to get money from the victims' fund." Because they don't make it clear when you got to get it in there. They just give you this shit when you're at the hospital. That's how I got the stuff at the hospital. Nobody really followed up. Nothing. Nothing. No one reached out. So we really need to start advocating for the court systems to be changed. We need to start advocating for the mental health systems to be changed. And we need people to sit back and talk about real life shit like this that happens. Yeah. So. And how to make it not happen again. <laughs> yeah. Not to make it happen again. <laughs> Get a registry for domestic abusers. That would be a good idea. Domestic abuser registry would be a great idea. So that way, girls can look up, and guys, look up whoever. Yeah, people need to be able to look up. I need to know. We shouldn't have to Google and search and Facebook and wonder if X is reaching out is truth or not. You gotta know what county they were all in. Yeah, you have to rely on the person to be honest about their past. And they're an abuser, they're a manipulator, that's never going to happen. Yeah, luckily I knew this one, but at least I knew that he was not afraid to tell you exactly where he lived, when he lived. Oh my god, he loved telling his story. Narcissistic asshole. Oh my god, he went shut up about himself. Yes, and we also need to start looking for red flags. And we need to not get mad. And I'm not saying that Heidi does get mad because she actually really doesn't. I'm a very abrasive friend. Um, (laughs) um, Very abrasive. But don't get mad when your loud mouth annoying friend points out your um, boyfriend or person you might like. Or girlfriend's flaws. It's not always them hating. Sometimes it's just them seeing things you're not. Yeah, because you don't want to see it. Yeah, because you want to live the rainbow. Yeah. As much as we all do. God, I wish I could shoot rainbows out of my ass every day. Yeah. All right, people. Skittles. Skittles. The rainbow at my house. All the rainbow. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> Let us go return to our lives of being parents and all that jazzy stuff. <laughs> Alright, two manic millennials signing off. Car. Car. <laughs>